The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, we're happy to welcome back Dr. Robert Sears to discuss autism. He'll give you his views on this very controversial topic. Plus, we'll tell you what's new at Mother's Market and give you a chance to win a $100 gift card. So listen carefully to the code word this week. But first up, we're so very proud to have one of the leading authorities when it comes to pediatrics. Dr. Robert Sears has been practicing medicine for over 15 years. Dr. Bob's unique approach combines traditional and alternative methods, incorporating a natural approach through diet and prevention, with a focus on healthy living right from the beginning. He's a medical consultant for Happy Baby Organic Baby Food and a medical advisor for Talk About Curing Autism. An author of several books, a father of three boys, and he's also appeared on The Ellen Show, CBS Morning News, and is a regular contributor to several magazines across the country. We could go on and on, but we want to hear from him directly. Dr. Sears, how are you? I'm doing great, Kim. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. We feel so fortunate that you are here spending some time with us today talking about one of the most serious conditions affecting our children today, autism. And we know you've written a great book, The Autism Book. But let's get to know more about you and your focus as we discuss this very important topic. There's so much parents need to learn you know, about, about diagnosis and about treatment and about prevention. And, and I'm really excited to be able to share everything you know, that I've learned about autism with you guys today. Wonderful. Um, some statistics on autism, and it is a condition that affects 1 in 100 children, and 1 in 58 boys with over 700,000 children affected, and no idea what causes it. This, in and of itself, is frightening stuff. It's, it's very concerning. You know, autism continues to increase, and I think you know, parents are very worried that mm. their child is going to be one of the 1% of children that, that develops autism, and so there's there's a lot of stuff that parents need to know. Um, let's start off right off in the beginning. What are the symptoms of autism? I'm sure the list grows. Uh, and how do you diagnose autism? You know, the, the symptoms of autism sometimes are very obvious, um, but sometimes they're not. You know, a, a, a straightforward cases of autism are typically will be an infant that doesn't have any eye contact, doesn't interact much, won't smile will seem to be kind of in a world all, all of their own um, and won't develop any social skills as they get into the toddler years. And those children are, are fairly easy to, to notice. Um, but what is concerning and, and what the challenge is, is a much more common type of autism nowadays is a, an infant who actually seems to develop completely normally for the first year, year and a half of life where the baby's doing everything that any other child will do. But then the baby starts to lose their, their interaction skills mm-hmm. and lose their language, lose their capabilities. And then they, they do what we call regress into autism. And the children you know, the, or the parents see their children slipping away from them and, 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 and moving into the world of autism right before their eyes over a period of just a few months. That's the really scary type of autism that, that parents you know, are, need to be on the, watch out, on the watch out for. So I like to go over you know, what some of those key symptoms are that parents can watch for you know, when they have a, a, a child they feel like is developing very well, what signs might start to show up in the, in the second year of life you know, between age one and two. Because primarily it's a, a lack of eye contact 
or children that will look at things from, from the side, side glancing, instead of looking straight at things. Or children might focus on spinning objects, you know, stare at fans or stare at wheels. Um, uh, communication skills uh, will, will uh, start to regress. A baby might stop babbling, stop jibber-jabbing like babies uh, will, will, should do, or maybe a baby might not start babbling at all. Um, some children will have some words, but then lose their words and, and won't have any words at all. Or, or a baby who has no words by 18 months of age, that's a concern. A, a child who likes to play alone all the time, who won't uh, engage other children in play. Or a child who might do what we call parallel play, where he'll play alongside some other children, kind of mimic what they're doing, but the child won't actually join in and enter the game or, or the, the activity the others are doing. There's a, a really important concept called joint attention in which a toddler sees something interesting and fun and wants to bring mom or dad to show them or, or show other kids and say, hey, let's do all this together. A child who, who might develop autism won't do that. He'll just engage in, in the interesting activity all by himself. A child might uh, show obsessions with certain toys. A lot of children with autism will only play with trains but won't branch out to other toys or uh, a child might play with toys inappropriately. Instead of driving cars around, making car sounds, or instead of playing with um, stuffed animals or dolls as if they were real living you know, beings, they'll just treat them as inanimate objects, or they'll line them up in patterns and stare at them from different angles. But he won't play with toys the way they're intended. There's so many things that, that you know, subtle signs that when you talk about them together as a group, it sounds so obvious, but often it's not. The, these, these subtle signs will start to creep in that parents might not notice until their child uh, uh, is, you know, is two or two and a half and it becomes much more obvious. Well, incredible. And you're talking about this at this age of between one and two at this detection. How early, uh, how important is this early in detection? Well, early detection is, is very critical, Kim, because we know the sooner a child is diagnosed with autism or even diagnosed as being at risk of autism or showing early signs, mm -hmm. the sooner you start treatment, the better the outcome. Mm -hmm. The faster the child regains his developmental skills, the, the greater the level of, of, of uh, achievements in, in their language, their social interaction, and the greater the chance at a full recovery if you can de detect it and start treatment early. And then parents also need to know uh, how, how to seek a diagnosis, what to do if you, if you suspect autism or you see early signs in your child. Autism is usually first um, picked up by a pediatrician. A, a pediatrician screening is very important. Pediatricians now are supposed to take parents through autism questionnaires at the child's 18-month uh, checkup and the child's two-year checkup. Uh, pediatricians are supposed to screen for autism so that it can be detected early, and parents are supposed to, you know, bring their worries uh, to their, you know, to their pediatrician's attention so that you guys can talk about it and so that uh, evaluations and and uh, diagnosis can proceed in a timely manner. Is that a general diag uh, questionnaire or an evaluation here in California, or is that something that only when it's piqued an interest? per se, by the parent or the pediatrician? Well, actually, it's nationwide now. Every pediatrician is supposed to um, do a screening test on every single child at 18 months 
and two years of age. Okay. I, I mean, looking back at my two young children, I don't recall that. But I guess it's also probably more difficult for new parents to recognize what normal behavior is because they really don't necessarily know what normal is, especially as a new parent. And, and for the parents to be educated mm-hmm. about the signs. That's why I'm here today is try to help parents and new parents out there understand the, the signs to watch for. Um, uh, kind of a personal question, but is it the reason why you wrote the book is because it's something that came up a lot in your practice as a pediatrician? Yes, I'm seeing autism uh, more and more as a pediatrician. I, I've, I've actually you know, treated over 500 wow. families in wow. the last 10 years, helping uh, their, their child uh, recover or try to recover from autism. Let's talk about what is causing autism. This is huge, and I'm sure that this, uh, this subject is varied. What causes autism? You know, it, it is uh, on everyone's mind, and everyone wants to know, um, you know, what's causing this, this huge uh, epidemic of autism. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could talk for hours about all, all the possible theories, but it really comes down to a combination of environmental toxicity, heavy metals, and then chemicals, and then pollution in our environment. Those chemicals are getting into our pregnant moms, getting into the developing babies, and, and the, the infants during early you know, infancy and childhood, and those chemicals are causing neurological harm. They're, they're causing problems with, within our brains and how our brains work. And then there's some genetic components as well in that, that those chemicals can cause uh, minor mutations in our genes that then uh, impact how the brain works. Or some parents might have some very minor uh, changes in, in their genes that, uh, that will be inherited by their children that will actually make the children more susceptible to the heavy metals and the chemicals in the environment. It's kind of a, a vicious cycle. You know, we, we, we we're exposed to the chemicals, they harm our genes, and those, those genetic uh, changes make us even more susceptible to the chemicals. Kind of goes round and round, and, and we think that's, that's why we're seeing so much more autism today is because we're living in an increasingly toxic society. And, and the government is taking, a, th- taking this a lot more seriously now. You're, you're always hearing about you know, information about going green mm-hmm. and, and, and reducing pollution and reducing chemicals. And, and you know, it's, it's, things have to change. And as they change, I think we will see autism rates hopefully uh, start to subside again. Yeah, so that could be a very broad uh, subject matter. You're right. Talk about the biomedical approach to treating autism. Well, autism used to, it used to be believed that autism was not a medical problem that was purely a psychiatric problem. It was all in the brain, and there were no medical problems that would go along with it. Mm-hmm. Well, what the biomedical approach to treating autism is, it's recognizing that a lot of medical problems will go along with autism. And if you examine a child with autism and you, you do a lot of testing with them and you, you listen to their whole story, you can detect a lot of uh, possible medical associations that are going along with them. And if you find those problems and you treat them and you correct them, then a lot of the child's symptoms of autism can improve dramatically or, or resolve completely. So the biomedical approach is, is a recognition that there's a lot more we can do than just prescribe psychiatric medications and just uh, put, uh, have the child undergo developmental um, uh, behavioral treatments, you know, uh, developmental therapies. We, we take a medical approach to it as well. And, and that's what I do as a pediatrician. 
Well, we are, you are filled with information, and I know this is such a broad subject, but we're going to uh, tackle as much more of this as we can. But uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you, Doctor. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with Her Life Stages. The first of its kind, comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Radio Show. And we want to take the time to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can download the podcast from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click on the link for the radio podcast and listen to our past shows. Plus, you can always download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Sears. And today we're talking about autism. Let's say you have a healthy baby, and what can parents do to help prevent autism, Dr. Sears? Well, prevention actually starts prior to pregnancy, if possible. You know, any any woman uh, deciding to, to have children can actually do some things before she gets pregnant. She should uh, start living as green a lifestyle as she can. Start eating organic, eliminating the chemicals from your life. You know, there's a lot of good books out there you can buy about going green, and I think it's really important for for women to, to do that if they can before they're pregnant, during pregnancy, and then, and then during breastfeeding, a mom just, just you know, living as, as, as chemically pure a life as she can, uh, I think can play a, a very important preventative role. And for, for babies you know, and, and children, feeding them only organic foods and, and turning your whole household into more a green, chemical-free household, I think uh, all those measures can really help. It takes a lot of work to go green. But I think because we know that environmental chemicals are directly related to autism, I think it's a very important step for parents to take. A very interesting and new uh, medical issue that's come up is vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. We know that being low in vitamin D creates a risk of, of many different chronic diseases, from heart disease to cancer to various neurological disorders. And we think there might be a, a role uh, in autism with, with vitamin D deficiency. So uh, correcting, your, 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 correcting your vitamin D levels if they're low, taking extra vitamin D supplements um, at, for adults um, and, and for women and for children as well. So pe- people can talk to their doctor about getting a vitamin D test and, and or getting on a vitamin D supplement. Another form of prevention that I think is very important is to understand the possible medical problems that tend to occur in autism and then prevent those in, in, in younger children or, or try to detect those early and correct them. Uh, one very common medical problem in autism is food allergies, especially milk and wheat allergy. I know any child with autism that I have in my office, if they're allergic to milk and wheat and I take them off those foods, a lot of their problems with autism uh, improve. Mm. 
And so uh, any infants that you suspect they're allergic to milk or they have chronic food allergy symptoms like rashes or chronic diarrhea, uh, start exploring food allergies. Get them tested or, or take them off milk or wheat products and see if their allergic symptoms improve. Now, of course, most people with food allergies won't go on to have autism, but, but I think preventing the food allergies will lower the risk in, in a child moving on to eventually uh, having autism. I think taking a more natural approach to healthcare in general can help prevent autism because we, we see kids with autism who have a, had a lot of antibiotics over the years, who have been getting sick a lot, you know, uh, repeated uh, sinus infections, ear infections, and, and her on uh, antibiotics over and over again. Those kids tend to have very unhealthy immune systems and unhealthy intestinal sy systems. Mm -hmm. And if, if you can raise kids, you know, just uh, with limited antibiotic use and have, uh, allow them to have a lot of less exposure to repeated medications, I think their, their immune systems are healthier, their intestinal systems will grow up more healthy, and, and their, their development and their neurological system will be healthier. So there's a lot of things that the parents can do, but it really comes down to just living a, a, a healthy life, uh, getting the immune system to be, to be healthy, a green, organic life, and, um, and looking, you know, again, for food allergies. And you know what, and that's such a, it sounds so, um, it sounds so easy, especially for a new parent, though, that not, it might not come as an easy thing, but that's where the pediatrician comes in and, uh, and suggests. What are the most important things that you can say to parents who are experiencing this with a child? Well, I think one of the key things for parents to realize is um, you can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. You have to have the help of other parents. You'll, you'll be seeing different doctors, and doctors will be guiding you through this, but who better to help young new parents with a child who has the autism than other parents, you know, parents who have been there, parents who have, have had a child, you know, with autism diagnosed 10 years ago and have been going through lots of different treatment options since then. Find a support group that, that have parents ready to help you learn what to do for autism. You know, that's why I'm part of talk about uh, curing autism because this is a group based in Orange County that's ready and, and willing to help new parents understand autism. Mm -hmm. That's really key for parents to reach out and seek help from other parents. But a second really critical factor is to start treatments uh, as soon as you can. And I'll tell you what I see a lot in my office. I, I see parents come in with their child with autism and they tell me their child's been diagnosed with autism and they're, they're ready to start lots of treatments and do a lot of testing. But they've suspected their child might have autism for a year or a year and a half. And, and it takes a long time to, to, for a child to go from suspected autism or early signs mm -hmm. to eventually getting a diagnosis. And parents who wait until the child actually has a diagnosis before they start doing any sort of treatments, you're, you're waiting a whole year, a year and a half before you actually do anything about it. It's really important for parents to start treatments at the earliest possible moment. So as soon as you suspect your child has warning signs of autism or you start any sort of uh, developmental evaluations to, to eventually determine whether or not your child has autism, you should also be starting treatment steps. You should be seeing a developmental therapist, you know, language therapists, uh, occupational therapists. There, there's lots of different developmental therapy approaches we take to help kids recover from autism. Start it early and, and, and don't wait. And then start the, the medical 
uh, evaluations early as well. Start looking into the, the possible medical problems associated with autism so you can correct those as well. Hmm. And so that your child has a much better chance of recovery. Yeah, great advice. Um, can children recover and lead healthy, normal lives when diagnosed? Yes, that's the uh, the one exciting part about autism is that there's so many treatment options and and as many as 30% of children recover so well and respond so well to therapies that about 30% can lose their diagnosis. They'll recover to a level where they no longer have autism. Hmm. Now, they might have some challenges. They might have some developmental delays or some, uh, you know, uh, quirky aspects to their social interactions. <laughs> but they can be so high functioning and doing so well that they no longer have autism. And that's a, a fairly good percentage of kids. Now some kids will, will, act, will recover completely and have no trace of autism whatsoever. And those are the really exciting cases and it's very rewarding as a doctor to be able to achieve that with families. And very frustrating and very, very challenging is that some children don't seem to improve much. Some kids will stay very severe and, and we don't know why. You know, you know, we, it's, it, it's, it's very challenging, and so we have to learn more and more to try to figure out how to help all kids recover from autism. And, and you know, over the next five, 10 years, we'll hopefully learn more and more about the exact causes, treatments, and prevention for autism. Well, it's been fascinating, and we are learning so much as we go along and, uh, and read your book, by the way. So thank you so very much for uh, sharing that with us. Where can people get more information? Well, parents can get a lot of information about early detection and diagnosis from the Centers for Disease Control website, cdc.gov. Parents can go to talkaboutcuringautism.org you know, for some information from you know, local support groups. Uh, directly from parents, you know, about about uh, treatment and 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 early detection and um, and uh, reaching out to other parents for help. Perfect. Thank you so very much for your time, Dr. Sears, on this so very important topic. In the meantime, you can catch more of Dr. Sears on his website, askdrsears.com, and learn all about what the Sears family of pediatricians are doing, get some of uh, the great books, and perhaps plan to see him in person. It's been a real pleasure, and we look forward to our next visit. Thank you. Want to spice up your next meal? Try this delicious recipe. This is a deli favorite at Mother's Market. It's nutted rice salad. The recipe ingredients are two cups brown basmati rice, four cups water, half cup celery thinly sliced, one quarter cup parsley minced, one quarter cup green onion thinly sliced, one quarter cup currants, a half cup pecan pieces, a half cup walnut pieces. For the sauce, two tablespoons olive oil, two tablespoons tamari, one teaspoon spike seasoning, one half teaspoon white pepper. So the process is first to combine the rice with water and bring it to a boil. You simmer that covered for 50 minutes and you allow it to cool. The second step is to whisk all the sauce ingredients together. You add that to the rice with the remaining ingredients and toss them lightly together. This salad is great cold or served warm as a side dish. It serves six to eight as a side dish and it's been a favorite at Mother's for years in our deli, nutted rice salad. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market radio show and for shopping at Mother's Market. <laughs>